We've done LA. We've done New York. Now we're going to focus on Kentucky. Random. But the question is, why Kentucky? Find out right now on Movie Mount Rushmore. Hey, screeners, how you doing? It's me, the one AJ, Anthony Jordan. And me, Nico Lero, and we are not alone. Sound off oh. and introduce yourself, please. Hello, I'm Pollyanna. Pollyanna Amazing. I am the host of Buried Pleasures podcast. And what we deal with at Buried Pleasures is pleasure. That's what we're about. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. I like Thank it a you. lot, as Jim Carrey would say. I'm a big fan of your your show Pollyanna and yeah. thank you for joining us here on Movie Mount Rushmore really appreciate you, it it's an absolute pleasure to finally align planets and get uh get here with you guys so thank you for inviting me I appreciate it, it and is... I can't wait to talk about movies in Kentucky, movies <laughs> in thank, Kentucky. thank you for coming on thank you for coming on it's always it's always a pleasure to have a guest and as Nico said at the beginning random though it was it's been an eye-opening experience, and that's what I love about having these challenges thrown at us. I was like, when he first said, it, I was like, "What Kentucky? What 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 film?" But hey, <laughs> someone knew, someone didn't, and it's been a great journey. Fantastic. It has, it has. It was a very, very cool topic, and yeah, Pollyanna and I were really struggling on Twitter. Like, okay, so when we know we're going to do this, what do we talk about? And you, <laughs> like a light bulb flash of lightning moment, came up with this, and I was like, "Well, we've." definitely never done that before so let's do this i can't imagine it's a very hot topic but strangely enough it's pretty intriguing the things that i uh that i found so i'm excited i'm, I'm really excited about it dude for, for the audience that we have and shout, shout out especially to you know to our twitter homies people like gavin man people like andy hart people like mixed memorabilia chris trengo of these really nerdy hardcore movie fans obviously your pedros your franks Francis. your augustes your ibrahims there's loads of people i'm forgetting you know who you are i love you all but there's our audience pollyanna is mega nerdy so this is gonna be and it's very very hard to like pick a topic that they're like oh well i've seen all of these movies it's like well i bet you haven't listed them like this Right. And, you know, the funny thing about Kentucky is a lot of people just equate Kentucky with horses or rural, chicken. you know, farm areas. <laughs> oh, chicken. Yeah, I guess I, you, I get that. <laughs> Kentucky fried chicken. Yeah. So there's a Kentucky's full of a, a lot of amazing things. And it's really um, sometimes it's a shock to see how Kentucky is portrayed in the movies. Um, so, it's, you know. It's definitely not the metropolis that New York or LA is, right? That's just it. Definitely. Listen, I'll tell you this. <laughs> with with the movies we've got, there's definitely... Usually when we have movies that just pile up, pile up, pile up, we end up doing another and yet another. So it's like top 10 movies set in LA, another top 10 movies set in LA, and yet another top 10 movies set in LA. You know, it ends right. up being like a two or three-parter. We could do a two-parter on this without without breaking much sweat. Yeah, that was that was the mystery of it because again, you always know a film even without having been there. You know it's an LA movie. You know it's a New York movie. 
this, once you start to open the box, you're like, wow, there's that from the ones that you recognize, you're like, okay, so that was shot in Kentucky. You will hear them later on, guys. To others where you're like, that sounds like a really interesting movie. I need more. So there will definitely be this will definitely be revisited for sure. I'm excited to see what you guys have put together for your list. I'm I'm super I'm super excited to see because again <laughs> it's me being from the states and and you not is um it's it's different the you know even the things that you see on regular television so we see the stuff from the United States here you see the stuff on the BBC over there whatever like you it's just a really cool way to um, connect really honestly over yes, topic is. which is how I like to talk to people because the pleasure in introducing yourself to somebody yeah. and learning about them is that how we learn to relate and then a relationship right so that's the cool thing about it so taking obscure topics such as movies from Kentucky and turning them into um, this is fantastic yes I'm gonna say fantastic Agreed. a lot tonight <laughs> fantastic i love that fantastic um, fantastic aj shall we get into it then mon ami we shall but before we do would you like to tell everyone what the movie matt mushroom is all about yes basically it's a top 10 show between two best friends from school we've been friends a while now haven't we wow yeah. um <laughs> it's not a bad thing oh, but yeah <laughs> wow yeah, you can go. I've had enough of you. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. I'm sorry, AJ. Um, yeah. I'm just going to slide into this position. And no, I'm <laughs> hey, I, I knew I, I knew something was plotting with this. Go with a random topic. I don't know. Get rid of me. <laughs> Behave. Never. It's a top 10 show between two best friends from school. If it's your first time listening, here's how the show works. And it works exactly the same when we have a guest. The only difference when we have a guest is that AJ and I have combined our lists beforehand, so you still have two lists and this doesn't turn into a four-hour marathon. But in principle, here's how the show works. AJ and I go our separate ways, we create our top ten lists, and we come right back here into recording to our live stream, to our podcast, and deliver to you, the film familia, our individual top tens. This week, as it's AJ and I on one team and the amazing Pollyanna from Buried Pleasures on the other, we will go first delivering our bottom three. Pollyanna will then deliver her bottom three. We will then deliver our next two. Pollyanna will deliver her next two. And then when we get to our top five, we will trade one apiece. If at any time while we are rounding off our individual top ten lists, one person has a movie in a higher position, that person will say... Hunt. And we will punt and talk about that movie when we get to the higher position. Once we have both rounded off all of our individual top 10 lists, we will create the movie Mount Rushmore. These are the four quintessential diverse must-see movies of the genre, which this week is... Top 10 movies filmed in Kentucky. Now, do we have the other topic? Are we doing that? Are we leaving it? Okay, right. So yeah. what happens after we, the Silver Screen Dudes, create the four must-see movies of a specific category? It goes over to you, where it gets even harder, because it's over to you guys to crown El Capitan, El Numero the best of the best with honours, sir. And to quote Highlander, in the end, there can be only one. And last week, our topic was... The worst movies with a good actor. And our contenders were... The Isle of Doc Island of Dr. Moreau with Marlon Brando, Jack and Jill with Al Pacino, Cats with Ian McKellen, and Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender. 3,172 people wow. contributed to this. This has between the fourth place and the top place 
less than 20% separating all of them. So it's quite tight. Right. I'm going to go with the fact that most Pacino fans would not have dared watch this film because they didn't know he was in it. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Jack and Jill in fourth place just because they're not no. familiar with how bad it is. Okay. No. Oh, dear. Dr. Moreau? No. Oh, this is a bad week for me. I, I was all over it last week. You were, you were going clean sweep last week. <laughs> Are we going with cats? No. <laughs> it's three strikes and you're out, my friend. Okay. Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender got 16% and was therefore considered the least bad. Mm, yeah, it's the worst. Okay. Right. In at number three, Jack and Jill. No. This is a terrible week for me. I love Dr. Moreau. Yes. Island of Dr. Moreau came in at number three with 22%. Some people actually defended this, to which I say, have you watched it? There is no defending this movie. <laughs> Someone threw shades at us earlier on the on the YouTube channel because and called us Beyonce haters because of the provocative thumbnail that I made. <laughs> <laughs> to, to which I said, have you watched the video? We were on Beyonce's side, but anyway. <laughs> literally said exactly what they were saying. It's just the schedule. But hey, okay. Yeah, I, I, I warn people, do not mess with Queen Bee. Anyway, that's not the topic. The topic right now is Cats versus Jack and Jill. Is there anything worse than Cats? I believe not. So for that, I'm going to try it one last time. Jack and Jill in second place. There you go. Jack and Jill came in at second. 30%. Cats took the win with 32%. Someone was very funny on Twitter and said, but that's got Idris Elba. That's the actor you should have mentioned. I said, no, no, good actor. Not bad movie with bad actor. Good actor. Oh, Pollyanna likes Idris. Let's talk. We're going to have some fun. He's not a bad actor. He's a TV star. I'm going to say he can do or say anything he would like and be, he could be an astronaut. He could be the gardener. I don't care. Just, just stand there and look pretty. That's what I say. Okay. He's a good, he's wonderful. No doubt. It's his voice for me. I like, please narrate everything that you possibly can put out. I will listen to all of it and I will curl up and just purr like a cat. And I don't even really like cats. Just saying. Well, leave it in the public because that was number one. But, but pun aside, what I would say to you is just YouTube Idris Elba Sky adverts because he's been doing those for years. You'll be hearing his voice forever on that. Like, Booking.com. He also likes to do those. Idris yeah, Elba he, in the UK. Well, m- people in the UK love him. But the, f- the funny thing is, is that whenever you say you see him as a big star, a big movie star, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. What, what, what have you seen him in that you love? Oh, he was great in Luther. TV. Oh, what about The Wire? TV. Oh, what about Netflix? Streaming. I'm like, where's the movie star? He's a TV star. Great Idris Elba movie. I I put it out there. It doesn't exist. How about we agree to call him a wonderful entertainer and leave it at that? Not a movie star, not necessarily, because you have like Superman, whatever is coming out, right? Like, who knows? Idris isn't Superman. I mean, like, he could be Superman. He could be. Just saying. No, Superman. No, nah, anyway, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he could be anybody. He could be anybody. 
He's buried pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> pleasures next is going to be <laughs> literally fantasy booking actors in certain roles. <laughs> Listen, I know I have a lot of friends who are, you know, erotica like. They do. That's what they do. They read erotica and they make lots of money doing so. So like if your voice is on key, then do you should like I would definitely listen to erotica read by Idris. By Idris right? Like I'm sorry, like not to, you know, Americanize what I'm about to say, but anybody that has a wonderful British accent and I, I don't have to see your face necessarily, I can listen. It's just a thing. You know, it just that's just one of those like my southern accent versus a British accent versus any other accent. That's I um, know that to be true. I had the right. I had the I don't know if I would call it pleasure, but I had the experience of going to Gainesville, Florida, a year and a half or two years ago. I bet my, you were popular. My God! Right? Oh my God! You ain't from around here. I love your accent. I was like, right. wow, it's true. The stories. Right. It's like Harrison Ford in The Force Awakens. The stories, they're true, all of them. <laughs> I would switch to that guy in love, actually. You know, yeah. they just fall in love with the British accents. So yeah. It's sorry. I'm sorry that you guys are just charming. Uh, you know, not even if, I, if I've never seen your face, you're lovely on screen, by the way. I don't want to take that away from you. But the voice is, is perfect. And I could just, I'll just be over here waiting for my turn. Bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Glass. <laughs> Table. He's like that lady on TikTok with the fruit that she puts the coffee and the caramel. That you could do that all day. All day. <laughs> all right. AJ, you are up first, my man. But before you do, I did something. I made something for Pollyanna's guest appearance. She's got her own background. Bang. Ah, love it. Love it. Awesome. All kinds of awesome. Right. So, Pollyanna, what you did mention is that what Kentucky is very famous for is the Kentucky Derby. And in at number 10 is something that reflects that for us, because in at number 10 for us is Seabiscuit. Punt or no punt? No punt. No punt. Is it it on your list at all? Is it in your bottom three? Is it in my bottom three? Yes. 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 This is what you're saying. What what position did you have it in? I had it in position nine. Number nine. There we go. So not too far different. Um, I'm going to be honest. I was kind of shocked at how good this film was. So this was post-Spider-Man. So all I'd ever known Tobey Maguire to be was Spider-Man. And then I found out about who he was from Molly's Game. And I didn't think I'd really support a film from him after. And I... I'll be honest, I didn't know it was horse racing. I just saw Toby McGuire on a horse. And I was like, this is a poor career choice for the Spider-Man. I just did not expect <laughs> something. <laughs> it was just terrible. But then when this topic came up, Sea Biscuit came up a lot. It was this and Secretariat as two films that really came up in terms of like horse racing and everything. This one just edged it for me. And I didn't, I was actually really shocked at how what a great story to be told of it. Um, the coming together of so many different people and it's essentially just being having a second chance in life is what I would break it down to. Mm. And it, it really, I don't want to keep saying the word shock, 
But I, I, I actually regretted not seeing it earlier, I think, is the, is the key element to it. The, the, the story of a guy who's very gifted with horses, who had a natural talent from a young age, another one who just seems to connect with animals and believes in giving them a chance, and a man who lost it all, and, she, you know, he had it all, should I say, and once he lost his son, has stayed away from motors and going into the world of, of horse racing, and the three of them just coming together to build this story. I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed this film. I cannot comment. I have not seen it. Pollyanna, anything you'd like to add? Is it on your list? It is absolutely. It's number nine on my list. And one of the things about Kentucky is it's rich horse racing history. So that is something that if you grew up as a farm kid, farm kid, (laughs) you know, like one of the greatest things to get to do is to go to the horse races. First off, number one, because it's always with an older male in your family, because by the way, it's a it's not good to gamble when you're um, when you go to church. Not a not. It's not allowed to be. <laughs> so it's kind of like a sneaky day out if you go when you're younger because you have to go, you know, on the down low. Um, <laughs> but just to see the pageantry, the beauty of horses, the beauty of the grounds, like if you've never been to Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. I suggest you go highly because it's amazing. It's beautiful. The fanfare alone. And you want to talk about some rich folks. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, I've met more, I've met more famous people in at horse races than anywhere that I've ever gone. So, mm. but the movie Seabiscuit is is fantastic. And again, it's one of those things, even though the story is about this young man and, and this horse, you can apply the lessons in this movie to any any situation you know it's the whole getting over um hardships and moving forward in something that you're uncomfortable in so it's i i like it for that and toby Maguire is a you know he's pretty cool as an actor i'm, I'm not mad at him he's no. not either still look cool just throw that in there but he's <laughs> <laughs> that he isn't that he isn't I <laughs> not a tv star not a tv star <laughs> Um, AJ, is the next movie yours? I believe it's Have yours. you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't. Right, okay. So this one really, I believe, t- to be fair, it, it, it's the quality of the film made it number nine. Where, how can I say it? Really, it should be number 10 because it's a great film, but it has such a little amount of Kentucky in it that it's not fair to really class it as a Kentucky movie. That's just the absolute truth of it. So this film is The Asphalt Jungle, which is an amazing film noir. Like, punt or no punt, Pollyanna? I'm going to have to punt that one. Okay. That's, I'm punting. No, no cool. Okay. Number eight. Yay. I you, bro. Yay. My number eight. A movie I did not realize is something Kentucky and a movie that we love here at the Movie Matt Rushmore podcast. My number eight is Kingsman, The Secret Service. This film is incredible. It has no business being this good. Is this on your list, Pollyanna? It is, but... Punt? I'd have to... Oh, you know what? Um, No, go ahead and talk about it, please. It's not on my list. I'm sorry. I took it off my list. So, this... in, In a world where... Daniel Craig existed as James Bond and was trying to do his best version of Jason Bourne. And when we'd had 24 and Jack Bauer, levity 
levity was missing from the spy genre. And I wasn't necessarily looking for Austin Powers levity, but I needed some levity. And there are very, very few people on the planet better suited to doing levity while also having serious tones, huge amounts of copious gore, and really unique action set pieces than people like Vince Vaughn and Guy Ritchie. In this case, it was Vince Vaughn. Sorry, not Vince Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn. I'll get it Matthew. right. Matthew Vaughn and Guy Ritchie. Um, Matthew Vaughn, in this case, was helming this. And talk about reinventing characters, you know, introducing the world to Taron Egerton, giving Colin Firth an edge that no one knew he had. Manners maketh man. It's like, I'm sorry, you're the guy who couldn't fight in Bridget Jones' diary. Why are you now a total badass? This works. I love everything about this. And Samuel L. Jackson having lift the nine hamburgers. That works for me too, man. <laughs> um, yeah. All for this. Love, love, love. I agree. AJ, Pollyanna, anything yeah. you guys want to add? Do you know? I mean, you kind of highlighted it. It was it was a different take on the the, the spy genre. Um, each time I think of it, I recall the there's a, a children's spy book that I was reading just before I saw this film. Actually, and I'm really it, it was so similar in the it's the hero that wasn't meant to be a hero who's not meant to be part of that world but still achieves, and the comedy behind it was something different. And as you said, it was. Different roles. We're, we're introduced to Taron Egerton. We've got Mark Strong. We've got Colin Firth in, in these roles. That you're just like, this is this is working. This is working, and that's the greatness behind it. I will also say I'm not so much a fan of what came after in the franchise. Agreed. Agreed. But this this was this is a capsule that I can look at and was like, this is awesome. So yes, um, just to confirm, there are parts of this film that is indeed filmed in the UK. But when the traveling takes place, it is in Kentucky. So for everyone to be like, oh, it's a UK film. Yes, there are UK parts, but the US parts are in Kentucky. So that's all kinds of cool. <laughs> so that was our bottom three. Pollyanna, the floor is yours. So we're not on the bottom three. We're on the next few. Okay. Um. So. Your number 10. My number 10 is a movie, a little movie called Fire Down Below with the incomparable Steven Seagal <laughs> and Chris Christopherson. <laughs> Listen, if you've never seen Steven Seagal, like he had a, um, this is a side note, he had a, um, like a docu-series about him being a sheriff down in Louisiana or something like that. He's a chubby sheriff with a long ponytail. Like it was real life. Like he was the sheriff, like a deputy or something. Um, just ne next level. But anyway, this movie for me is one of those movies that it's not exactly the best movie ever, but you get to see broken arms and that kind of thing. So that's exciting. <laughs> but the thing that they do in this movie in particular is like the lead female because she's from Kentucky is like this gorgeous hot girl and they throw her in a flower dress and socks and like count combat boots. One of the things that is a common theme in a lot of movies about Kentucky um, is that they make the people look super poor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so this was one of those times, but you know, federal agent uncovering, you know, bad things happening in Appalachia. You can't be mad at it. It's an action adventure. <laughs> But it is from like 
it's I think it's from like the late nineties, mid nineties, somewhere of course in there. It is. It's a gal movie. <laughs> right. So it is it's dated. And but if you want to have a fun night and laugh about some action, then that's that's a that's a go-to for me. But that's kind of the way of a Steven Seagal movie, isn't it? They're, they're never going to yeah, be like landmark great films of all-time classics. You, you just sit there and go, you really? <laughs> I can't wait until that angulation of the arm happens. That's all I'm ever looking for in those movies. Okay, like, there you go. Exactly. I've not seen the documentary that you're talking about, but I am aware that he hung up. He was hanging up the acting boots, and he, he you know, he's been walking around town as a sheriff. So I've, I've. <laughs> He's trying to legitimize himself. I'm still not sure if Steven Seagal can ever do that for me. But well done to you. He can obviously outdo me because I've never been a man to profess to fight. My The gentleman above me, on the other hand, has several titles that I would like to say I would rather put my money on him over Steven Seagal. But that's just another conversation. So, yeah, Seagal films are always the way they are. Seagal is a badass. Listen, the, the, he, he is an Aikido black belt, but this is what a lot of people don't know. Um, Aikido was invented in Japan as a means of self-defense by the samurai if you ever lost your sword. So it's very exactly as you said. It's about bending the wrists, bending the arms to try and disarm the other person as a last resort if you've lost your sword and you're just hand, right? It's not a modern martial art. Any NCAA wrestler or Thai boxer is going to step into the ring with Steven Seagal and kill him. It's, it's just not even a question. But is he a badass nonetheless? Yes. And do I love him doing his shtick? Yes. Fat man with a ponytail for life. I love it. I'm done with that. I'm done with wait, that. Wait, I can't wait to see you in like 30 years. Just to FYI. Dude, <laughs> what are you saying? Like, I'm here, girl. I have I, no idea. Dude, I'm a fat man with a ponytail now. What do you mean? <laughs> It's not in a ponytail, but I'm not far behind. I just can't fight. You know, and I'm like, and you know, like Stephen, I had I had a fighting career, a relatively successful one in Thailand. Fat man with ponytail for life. I should put that on a t-shirt. Oh AJ, take a note. That's our merch. Fat man on fat man with ponytail. <laughs> the fat ponytail dudes coming in season seven. Fat ponytail dude. <laughs> FPD. What? <laughs> can you get Idris to play AJ, please? Oh, if anyone compares me to Idris, I will take it all day long. I Only if Bradley Cooper plays me. Only if Bradley, Bradley Cooper Coop, plays I, me. I would watch that show. I would watch that show. I I'm love it. Saying. <laughs> Bradley and Idris. Bradley and Idris playing Cool. Can we reenact this on the show? Like on that show, on 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 the actual FPD first episode. This is how it starts. And I don't know who I want. I think I would like to have the young Drew Barrymore play me, but oh I can see that. I can see that a lot. I get I get Catherine Heigel and 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 Drew Barrymore the most, but I like Drew Barrymore. She seems cooler. Drew, yeah, yeah, Drew's got that edge that I've always loved about her. Right. I know what you mean. Catherine Heigl seems a little more high maintenance, a little higher strung. I, I like a girl right, who yeah, might, yeah, yeah. you know, like hang out and smoke in the back with the dudes. Exactly. I don't know. You know. <laughs> I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Okay. Cool. Okay. Your number nine is <laughs> Pollyanna. <laughs> My number nine was Seabiscuit. So we've covered that. So your number yep. eight. 
questions. My number eight is U.S. Marshals. Starring Tommy Lee Jones, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, Wesley Snipes, Joe Pantel. I can't ever say his name. Joey Pence. That's what we don't say. Joey Pence. I mean, pretty fantastic movie. Blockbuster group of people in it and interesting and action packed. And who doesn't love Wesley Snipes before he went to prison? That's no, good, even Alpha. Still love him. Yeah. Just saying. He yeah. was really much more popular back then. You know, going to prison sometimes kind of cuts you a bad deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people don't want to work with you as much, I think. All that for tax evasion. Eesh. Right. Right. You should Old. pay better people. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love this movie. I know a lot of people say like it's a pale imitator of The Fugitive, given it's the lesser sequel. I love this film. I saw this one first, and I actually think, well, no, I don't prefer it, but I do adore this film. It's a barrel of fun. See, I've always, I've, it's one of those films that I've seen half of, but I've never rushed to see it because I want to see The Fugitive first, which is still on my to-see list. Mm. But from what I've seen of the film, it's a brilliant film. Yeah, so I can agree with you guys to a degree, but I can't go deeper in it because I've not seen it in its entirety based on not having seen The Fugitive. But yeah, from what I've seen, love it. I think any kind of cop drama kind of, of a movie, like my father was a policeman or not, a, he was a deputy sheriff too. Yeah. Um, it, it's just like FPD, that whole... FPD. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually Lewis County Sheriff's Department, but I digress. Anyway... <laughs> But FP- I can't wait till that show comes out. Yeah. Just think, like, X-Fighter. AJ, I don't know exactly what you do outside of this. I'm so sorry. I wish there was much more exciting. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is it, really. <laughs> Talk crap for fun. That's me. Maybe you're like a cook. Like, maybe you cook it. Or do you, you know, like, maybe you're a, an entertainer. Oh, yeah. I don't I'm not yeah. a bad cook. I can see Idris in the kitchen playing me just like. Yeah. Oh, I could see Idris in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just the apron. I don't know. Yeah. Little whisk action. Huh. I now okay. have visions of Idris Elba's butt in my head. Thank you, Carlos. You're welcome. Things spreading joy across. Spreading, spreading pleasure across continents. Look at me. Well, e- easy with pleasure. Easy with using the word spreading when I've just talked about his butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are the best. Mind you, <laughs> just like Chris Evans said, that's America's butt in, in Endgame. That will be the UK's butt. And it's it just being me. So I'm down with it. Keep saying bollocks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we got it in. We got it in. That one was for you. Thank you. AJ, 30 minutes. Time beep it it's out. All good. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah. Yes, you were saying your, your father is a, a deputy um, sheriff. Yeah, keep it on track. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> a good a, a good movie about cops and robbers and you know people running from the law. It's always good. You, you can't you can't go wrong with that kind of a movie. Cool. It's true. You really can't. They're they're, they're infinitely watchable. Mm-hmm. Um, you're next, I believe, AJ. Yeah, I'm going to go with this one because I'm not too familiar with our number six. So. This film was on my radar for a while. One, because biopics, whether the person's good or bad, is always going to be in my topic. And the young man who was in this is an absolute amazing talent. I dismissed Mm -hmm. him because I knew of High School Musical. After that, he's always just been a talent. I'm talking about Zac Efron in 
extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile with Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy. Um, is that no. on your list, Pollyanna? No. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen it? No. I, okay. uh, I, I avoid those kinds of movies. Okay. Well, Do you know what? It's not, it's not the level of gruesome that some of these films could le- lead you to believe. Not at all. It, yeah. It, it's weird because here's the one thing. And I'm, I, I mean, I, you, sometimes you hear, you know names, but you don't know faces. Mm-hmm. I'm aware that Ted Bundy had a following of people who believed this man was too cute to be the murderer and serial killer that he was. He wasn't Zac Efron, though. <laughs> That's the one thing that threw me when I saw the real-life picture compared to it. But it's essentially a man who studied law and is quite charming and has a way with ladies, but also has used that to a very negative um, gift, if you would. He would get them and he would go away. And this is all about the law following him after a few crimes have taken place and he seems to have evaded it and left town. But they're now starting to pin him down again. Um, it was it was it was an interesting viewing. It was an interesting viewing. Again, Efron, he 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 he's magic. He's gold. He's he, magic. He, he makes you believe in the characters that he is. You know, from this to Dirty Grandpa to Baywatch, they're all three different. Even Seventeen again, they're all different characters. And he's he great. He's diverse. He's Dude, really diverse. Parkland. I keep telling you, watch Parkland. Yeah, yeah. He plays a doctor in Parkland who's trying to save um, Clinton after being shot. He's so good, I can't tell you. There we are. There we are. And th- and this one again, it's there. Not and he- Kennedy. He Sorry. It. Okay. Come again? Not Clinton. Kennedy. I'm getting my president. When you said it, I was like, at first, I was like, maybe he's saving Clint Eastwood because Clinton Wait, never got I'm shot. Over, I'm the American one. I have no idea what. <laughs> idea what what movie like the context of the movies i'm so sorry <laughs> okay yeah but yeah so parkland is about a jfk shooting and someone trying to save him and this one he's playing um ted bundy and what i love is that you see the charmingness of what would have swayed the jury and many people and all of these people to fall for him because essentially from what i can see ted bundy was a very charming person and he was smart he had a good head on his shoulders like he studied law that came to a point where you could see as much as he wasn't really allowed to represent himself, the parts where he did represent himself, he was out doing the lawyer that he had. So he was a very manipulative gentleman, and you could see how he, he won his way. So it's if you're out, you don't watch these kind of movies for like gore and murder, you you could still watch this film because that's not the key part. It wasn't you don't violent this film. I don't remember it being gory. It's just it's more courtroom drama than it is violent, even though that's what yes. the focus is on. It's yeah. a really good film. I, I really enjoyed this. And I'm just happy I finally it. It sounds, and I, I can't wait to watch Parkland now, but side note, um, because of the job that I've been in for so many years, I tend to avoid anything that has anything to do with sexual assault, murder, that kind of stuff, mm. just for my own for my own self, not because of any terrible thing, but I used to be a sexual assault nurse examiner at one point in the ER. And so... Like I tend to go like as you can see from my list, <laughs> I go for the more comedic or more you know not in that genre. But I I do appreciate your like what you're saying about the movie because it's not about the gory murder part. It's about the courtroom drama. It's about yeah. how Zac Ef- Efron I believe is a really great actor. I mean you know High School Musical aside, had I seen him between now and then, not necessarily just a couple times, um, maybe the 
I think there was a movie called Neighbors or something like that where he was yes. with Bad Neighbors, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic movie. And I'll watch anything with him with no shirt on. I'm just this is gonna be Baywatch. a theme. <laughs> it's gonna be a theme. Baywatch also, no shirt. I love it. To keep doing what you're doing, Zach Efron. <laughs> see, see, is it bad grandpa? I was getting confused. If you're looking for Zach Efron. A, a bit like the Idris in the apron, you're going to get a moment like that. Not that I, that's not why I watched it. I had a great laugh. Yeah. yeah. Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. By the way, just want to bring up that poster again, AJ. Uh, put a bid on him. Tell me that's not Wolverine. Literally. Um, Literally. There it. Oh, bro, you might have to Photoshop that picture. You may have to, to <laughs> put a beard on him with the claws. Yeah. He's literally in yellow. Just a couple of black stripes. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Well played. Eh? Well played. Cool. Uh, I'm next, aren't I? Yeah. That's you for number six. My number six. Oh, this is a good film. This one. Al Pacino and Russell Crowe, two of the all-time greats in a movie called The Insider. Is this a punt or are we not always talking? Talk away. Talk away. So what this movie does that's so clever is that where there's so many true-to-life stories of whistleblowers and various scandals that you read about in the news, that you see in the papers, yada, yada, yada. What we never stop to ask, and what this movie does that's so interesting, what happens to the whistleblowers? And that's what this movie dives into. Russell Crowe is the whistleblower. He blows the lid off the tobacco companies using not just nicotine, but a bunch of illegal substances, which they have chemically proven get people hooked. And he's been sworn to secrecy to never divulge that information. And morally, it's not sitting right with him. Now, when he starts to gather information and you can tell he's gather, you know, he's gaining steam to go and blow said whistle, they start threatening him. You know, it starts getting quite dark. Not David Fincher seven dark, but like, yeah, as a family man, it's like, yeah, I, someone would die if they did that to any member of my family. You know what I mean? It's like, there's a line you don't cross and they crossed it. And mm-hmm. what's fascinating is Pacino, they, they've got a very untrusting relationship. Pacino works for the papers and He's trying to get Russell Crowe to blow the story open. And whereby what starts with Pacino's motivations is just, I need the story. It gets so much more layered than that because he realizes that, no, there's actually a man's sanctity and life at risk here. So the whistleblowing only happens about halfway through the movie. And it's the fallout of what happens to him after how they try and smear his name how he has to rejuvenate his life and rehabilitate his name and drag it out the mud it's amazing to watch yeah i i must admit once we both had it on the list i was halfway in the middle of watching it when we were like trying to compile the list and it was getting to a point where we needed to finalize i'll be honest i just didn't have the energy to watch it but what it's i long. did it's it, long when i say not the energy it's not that it wasn't a bad film but when you're trying to get a top 10 list of films that you're not familiar with, sometimes your energy is just a bit zapped and work in between. It's there. It is on the two complete list because it was very, very, again, me and biopics just have that relationship that, that yeah. I, I, I get um, 
captivated in and this this was one of them and it was really funny because i'm not overly again from the uk standpoint mike wallace is a name that if you pay enough attention to us films and stuff like you've heard a name but we we don't get a mic i think he's like he's like david frost we know david frost to be the guy to uncover everything I, I i've heard wallace but i don't know something so just hearing like they wanted this guy to go to mike wallace about this whole story i was like this okay wow this this was really big then like it felt like yeah, a yeah. great uncovering but I just didn't have a chance to finish it. But I, oh, I'm course. not even going to complete Christopher Plummer playing Mike Wallace. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. This isn't even a complete. I'm going to start it again because it felt so good. It feels like something that needs your full attention from beginning to end. It, it, from what I saw, great movie. So I'm happy. And let's not it. gloss over, directed by Michael Mann. Yeah, who we've been. Can't be mad at that. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. Right, that's our next two. Pollyanna, it is over to you. Your number seven, please. My number seven is a sweet little film called Elizabeth Town, starring Orlando Beautiful Bloom <laughs> and Kristen Dunst. Um, Alec Baldwin, I think, is in that one, too. Um, Jessica Biel. This one's all yeah. you. I haven't seen this one. So basically, this follows this gentleman who has worked for this shoe company and basically bankrupts them by millions because the shoe he built was terrible and he moves on and he finds out the same day that he's trying to recover from this great loss of his job and what he's going to do and moves straight into oh my gosh my dad's dead and now i have to go to elizabethtown kentucky and pick him up because he's been cremated and that's where the family's from so it's wonderful it's funny Kirsten Dunst plays this uh, flight attendant who basically is that little ray of sunshine in the middle of his deepest days, right? And so it go, it's pretty awesome. It has an amazing soundtrack, by the way. Check it out. Mm. Nice. But, but yeah. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, it was on my list. I just, again, I was... It... I think there was one other film I was going to see. Had I finished the Insider, there was going to be one other film I wanted to see. Then Elizabeth Town was on the list. Because it felt just like a nice, sweet movie. And from what you said, it's proven to be that. It is. It's sweet. And one little side note that's a is a pretty cool thing is that there is a drink that is only made in Kentucky. It's called L8. A-L-A-L-E. I want to say that. You can enter L8. It's ginger ale. They make it in Kentucky, and when Orlando Bloom was in Elizabethtown filming, he loved it so much that he started having it shipped to his home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a cool story. Anyway, if you ever get a chance to try an AL8, you might have in Florida, Nico. Did you do that in Florida? They have it down there. Oh, no, I tried to stay. I'm, I'm Not to be rude, I tried to stay off the Florida local produce. I wasn't impressed. We have, we, yeah. I, I, we're very, listen, I, listen, people love the crap on British food. Genuinely, the quality of the produce we have on this small island is fantastic. From nice. the farms, which have got all of our cattle and poultry, we've got really good selection of supermarkets. Our fruit is good. Why are you laughing, AJ? Because you sound like someone who voted for us to on, on Brexit. That's, that's why I just don't want you to be that way. <laughs> no, no, I would no, like no, you no, to no, finish. Just so we're clear. I didn't say that it was all made in the UK. We happen to have good farms, yes. Yeah, but no, I also no, no. am aware that our world is... 
Because I but didn't think like, that waving flag guy. Like I don't like the. I stayed away from American produce and the good old UK. We have great farms. I was just like, Do you know what they gave me on my first day there? I walked into a restaurant and said, "I'd like," because I was being open-minded, contrary to what I may have just insinuated with my, with my own words. Um, I said, "I would like to try something typically Floridian," and they went, "Are you sure?" I went, "I sure am." <laughs> Bring it on. They brought me this bowl of like melting batter and i was these balls of melting batter i was like what is this anyway oh that's gator i was like huh <laughs> as an alligator and they went yes yeah, gator we eat that in florida i was like eh went in rome i tried it and they came back and went how'd you like it i went i didn't <laughs> <laughs> they went what but it tastes just like chicken i was like sure if you inject chicken with rubber <laughs> like that ain't like no chicken I ever tried. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But no, I, you were talking about farms. But didn't Mad Cow come from Britain? Yeah, see, you done, done, you done flubbed it for us. <laughs> you done flubbed it. Yeah. Mad Cow did yeah. come. From I, really, I really did appreciate your like. You were passionate about your hometown. I'm happy for you. I like it. No, listen, I, 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 it's one of those things where like, I've traveled, I've spent 10 years living in Southeast Asia. I've I think I'm on 66 countries I've visited now, all of which I've, I'm happy to say I genuinely only eat locally because I think that's what you should do when you go abroad. I don't think there's any point going abroad and being like, where's the nearest McDonald's? I'm like, you ignorant flub. Like, come on, man, try the local stuff. You know, when in Rome, as they say. And it really, you do realize that there's, we got good food in the UK, man. We really do have good food. And I don't mean food that's UK made. I mean our range and selection that we have from all over the world. Hey, man, we got Reese's Pieces here. I like me some American chocolate. As long as it's Reese's. The Hershey's stuff is disgusting. There's no chocolate in Reese's Pieces. What are you talking about? Peanut butter. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's not chocolate, you idiot. Please don't make us sound that ignorant. Well, I like Reese's peanut then, okay? You like I peanut like butter cups. You like I Reese's like peanut, peanut butter cups. Cup. Yes. Okay, yes, I, I all right. Okay, just checking. I'm just throwing that out there. But Especially honestly. The white chocolate ones. Those are good. Like something to think about Florida. Everything is fried from in the South. They fry everything. Yeah, they, they really do. Fry everything. But you have a lot of. Fried food and oh yeah, the English breakfast is made on fried food. We're all question though. Fried and grilled though, isn't it? It's a grilled tomato. You grill your sausage. You grill your bacon. Well, you can fry or grill your bacon. Depending on some people, they fry the toast. Some people fry the toast. You know what I mean? Like, you're not understanding, AJ. You don't get it, big man. We fry. They deep fry. They batter it. They batter everything and fry it all. Here's the thing I want to ask though: grits. Do you enjoy grits? I do. If they're good, prepared. I want to try them. Okay. I want to try them. That's the that's on my list. I'll send you some. Hang on. I'll mail you some. Oh, nice. Thank you. <laughs> There's a menu I was at at a restaurant in Florida. This is the truth. We're going way off topic here. It's Wait, been a while since you've done a tangent. On this menu, I've got it. I've got the photo saved. I'm sure I've shown it to you, AJ. Deep fried bacon. I was like, oh, shoot. What? No, 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 no. That my, I, I'm getting a heart attack by just reading that. Like, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm going to play the counter argument before the comments do it. We come from a, well, it's not our country. It's just a bit further north. 
They deep fry a Mars bar. Who does that? Oh, that's good. That's listen. And it, next weekend starts the Circleville Pumpkin Show, which is the oldest pumpkin show, I think, in the United States. I don't know. It's been going on for hundreds of years. And you can get anything fried. You can get Twinkies. You can get Oreo cookies. You can get a Mounds, an Almond Joy, a Snickers. You can get anything that you want will be deep fried cheese, hot dogs. Deep fried name cheese it. I approve of. I approve of that. That is a good idea. Cheese on um, a stick is a, is a great fair food. That is a very good idea. But AJ, you're missing the point. Deep frying a Mars bar is novel. Deep frying something that's already fried doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> it's like would you like some deep fry with your fry? It's like, what? <laughs> did you know that the United States has an obesity problem? D did you know? <laughs> did you know? <laughs> They big in Gainesville, FPD. man. Like, FPD. FPD. <laughs> okay, that one's Oh my gosh, this is more fun than I thought it was going to be. This is awesome. Oh <laughs> this is what we do. This is what we do. I love it. So we're back to last week from a heart attack. Hey, yeah, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> 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 okay, okay, back in the room. We're back in the room. My number six is Rain Man. No, and... oh, that's a pun. That's a pun. Okay, that is 100% a pun. Thank you. you got all crazy about it. All right, all right, punted. <laughs> <laughs> what was our number five? So we're now right. one apiece. Yeah, okay, one apiece. Okay, our number five. Now, remember, if this isn't your number five, you need to punt us, Pollyanna, okay? Okay. If, unless it's a tie now, you're punting, okay? Okay. So, our number five. James Bond in Goldfinger. Punt. Oh. <laughs> the American punted the Brits on Goldeneye. What's that? <laughs> shame. Goldfinger, shame. rather. What the hell? That's shameful, but well done. I like that. You're number five. My number five is a is another sweet little movie called Next of Kin, starring Patrick Swayze. Nice. Liam Neeson, Helen Hunt, Adam Baldwin, Bill Paxton, Ben Stiller. Wow. All of these people in this movie. And that's like an also a late 80s movie that um that one really hit home because they in scenes in this movie, they go up a holler in Kentucky and they've got trains running and you see the people, the poor people standing out like on their porches and they're tattered. I don't know where these ladies get these tattered flowered dresses that look like they came from the 1800s, like cowboy style. I don't understand it, um, <laughs> but it's in every movie. It's just the, one of the biggest stereotypes that people from Kentucky are just poor and ignorant, right? And coal miners. That's, that's what we do in Kentucky. We farm and, and dig coal. But this movie for me, because I got to meet Patrick Swayze in person. Oh, um, wicked. Yeah. So at Keeneland in Lexington, that's another horse track that at the fall running of Keeneland, um, I got to meet actually at the same day because MC Hammer had a horse running that year. <laughs> I got to meet MC Hammer and Patrick Swayze both the same day. And, uh, and I won my first actual bet on a horse race then. Nice. Nine, and ninety-two, maybe ninety-one. <laughs> Not to give away my age too much, but yeah. um, anyway, 
this movie for me is awesome because I love Helen Hunt for one. I think she's a wonderful actress. She does some really good things. Liam Neeson, again, take your shirt off. I'm sorry. I love Liam Neeson regardless of, I mean, he's just, he's awesome. He's just awesome. <laughs> but this movie, if, have you, have you, either of you seen this movie at all? No, man. I'm going to say this is also like the whole cop kind of, um, so Patrick Swayze's character is, of course, a police officer, um, and he goes out to find his brother's killer. His, so in Kentucky, generally speaking, people will go across the rivers at any given point. So you've got Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, West Virginia, Tennessee. People go across the borders historically to work because there's no work in these little towns. And so they'll go to bigger cities, and in this case, the baby brother gets into trouble and gets himself um, gets himself hurt. So Patrick Swayze saves the day. As he does. He does. What a wonderful guy. But super short, by the way. Super short Ooh, guy. That's also a winner for me. Not that the length of a movie always counts, as we've been saying in the news, in our movie news show, but it does help sometimes to get a nice, quick film. You can sit down, it's over. And yeah. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. I'm, I'm going to look out for that one. I didn't actually, that didn't come up on like a list of stuff. So that's, that's quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And what I like is, if I'm not mistaken, your six and five both had a Baldwin brother in it. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they don't get enough love. So that's they good. don't. <laughs> so, AJ, would you say that our number five pick was more mile, my wheelhouse? And I'm oh, sure yeah. I'm sure you'll be happy to take number four, won't you? I am all over number four. Um, and if you get punted. Well, maybe, but if remember, you've been if it's not your number four, probably, Rushmore Rushmore news, we can celebrate the fact that this film was thirty years old last week, Lovely. and it's it's an, it got goat status from the silver screen dudes. We are talking Wesley Snipes. We are talking Sylvester Stallone. We're talking Sandra Bullock. We are talking Demolition Man. I was shocked as all, all hell. I I'm going to say it. I was shocked. All it's, not my it's not my four. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, yes. Shut Love down, it. my friend. Love it. That's all good. All good. Pollyanna, your number four. My number four. We're going back to Asphalt Jungle. The pun nice. from earlier. Nice. Yeah. Oh. The reason why I love this movie. First, it like just a side note as well. Again, side note. When I was a younger girl, Marilyn Monroe was like my like I have got to be like that when I get older. So much so that I have a really good friend who's in Doha. The pills or the right now. Sorry. What? I'm sorry. I said the pills or the drinking. <laughs> I'm being a dick. Ooh. No, it's hanging out with JFK. There anyway. you go. Anyway, <laughs> so the shooting. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so my friend has always called since we were kids. He's called me Norma Jean. Always. And I love you, Shannon. If you're listening, you have to. Anyway, um, this movie was one of the first films she was ever in. And so she's like a nobody person in this film, basically. She's not like the main character. Um, and it's like the best. It's one of the better heist movies. It's like one of the nice. very first heist movies, actually, is what I've read. But um, I think it deserves a little love. And Sterling Hayden, who was, these are older actors, um, and Gene Hagen, James Whitmore, but, you know, Sam Jaffe, older American um, 
silver screen stars that were like part of my childhood. And that's why I loved it because I love like anything that Marilyn Monroe was in. Honestly, there's a handful of things. It's not like she was like the greatest actress ever, but um, she's pretty fantastic as an icon for myself. Agreed. Yeah. 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 So check it out. Yeah. On that. It, do you know what? I re- Nick, you haven't seen it, no? No. No, I I can't recommend it enough. It's it's again going back to those elements. It is one of the first, it's it's a noir, but it has the early heist to it. It also like it, it's just amazing the way it's it's a guy who comes out of prison and he's he's like a top dog. You could tell he's a top dog in the way it is. And there's this guy who seems to go to the same. We'll call it. I don't want to call it like criminal HQ, but there's this little place that they go to, and it's all about trying to. He you, you, like you can either go there to like get jobs or your, your, your underhanded bets to take place in this place. And this guy owes a bit of money and they recruit him because you can tell he's is a dab hand with a gun. And he's got a bit of muscle to him. But the, the story of how the heist takes place and then the unraveling of each person kind of it. You kind of want to feel it a bit like Reservoir Dogs, but not because it's like the heist goes wrong. And with that, each guy starts to fall off. But it's not in a Reservoir Dog-esque way of who's this and how of a who done it it's just who will get away and it are oh, it's awesome all kinds of awesome the only reason it was so low for me because in terms of being kentucky there's just like one scene at the end i don't believe maybe the rest of the film was but i didn't believe it was and that's the only reason i felt like if i'm going to focus on kentucky and give kentucky its love on a film in kentucky i mm-hmm. i just felt a bit wrong in in having it higher than that but in terms of quality of a film Oh, this is top five territory all day long, for sure. You, you'll love it, Nick. I guarantee you. I love me an old movie, man. So, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I need to watch it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that was your number four. So our number three. Uh, I think this is all you, AJ. Yes. Um, in the UK, it's called Trigger. And in the US, Triggered, sorry. And in the US, it's called And Then I Go. Um keep going back to that old thing have you seen or heard of this one Punt. um yeah it it's based on again this doesn't have like sexual assault in it so i don't know but if it's like you want to stay away from stuff that are kind of chilling this may be one to avoid um what would i call it if i if i could describe it as a as a love child movie if you were to mix kind of chill of when um, we need to talk about Kevin and Donnie Darko, that's the kind of earring. If I have. Jesus, it's not, it's not as sci-fi as Donnie Darko. It's very grounded in reality, right? But it's as dark as we need to talk about Kevin. So it's a, it's a, it's a Lynn Ramsey level movie. Okay, yeah, but the, the, the situation is of this film. It is about it's about this. The, I can't even remember the kid's name now. But it's about this young boy who we, who you're following, and you can see he. He's an outsider. He's very, very much an outsider. And he's got this one friend he chills with. And that's the way their friendship is just them. That throughout everything. They, they are the outsiders, but this kid is really out there. And you can see he's, um, he's a bit of an insomniac. He's got problems sleeping. He just doesn't get on with many people at school, but he's really good at art. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the passageway to where he is starting to make a few friends. But because of the bond he has with the other guy, he stays away from people because he doesn't want to lose the friendship of the one person who's always been there for him. And, you know, what happens is, oh, I can't remember the guy. Justin Long plays his dad in this film. And Justin Long wants to... I, I like Justin Long. Is it Was it Drew Barrymore who plays his mom? I can't remember now. 
this is embarrassing. Come again? I haven't seen it. There's your Donnie Darko connection. Yeah, no, yeah, but they like the two. Whoever it is that plays his parents, they 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 want to get on with him, but they believe that all the fight every time he comes back about Adam Bruce, they believe he's the instigator behind it. When genuinely he's not. So this is like a reoccurring theme. Like he can make a bond with people, but he doesn't for fear of losing the one friend who's always had his back. And what happens is after one fight that occurs, they start to talk about how they have to start to get their revenge on people. And that essentially leads to them talking about locking everybody in the 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 gym and take you know going out for an old school shootout and it, it it seems like something they plan and it seems like it's just conversation at first and then it looks that it starts to be taken more and more seriously like this is actually going to happen but in that mm. time they actually have a fallout and in the time of that fallout you see him start to develop and become a lot better this kid who has a problem connecting with people is now starting to connect with people. His art is getting him recognized. He starts to do good in school. He's starting to sleep and it looks like he's on his way until another kid gets into a fight and talks about shooting somebody. He's going to take my dad's, I'm going to take my dad's gun and I'm going to shoot someone. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and when that kid does it, it makes him feel like this guy's going to take away the spotlight of what we're we going to do. And this is what happens. It now leads into them about to actually go out for a school shootout. Does it happen? Does it not? It gets very, it's not on me to spoil, but the chills I had in this okay. film of someone who was very misunderstood and it looks like they're going to go the right way. And then, it, it, again, just the smallest decision has such a huge impact on what your life can be, you know. It was a chilling film, but it captivated me in a way I wasn't ready for. Um, in the UK, it is available on Amazon Prime. Come nice. It was free for Prime. But, um, yeah, look for Triggered or And Then I Go. But it, it, it's worth a watch. Really good film. Nice. Okay, I must check it out. Pollyanna, we are over to you then with your number three. My number three is Goldfinger. 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 <laughs> How can you not yeah. like Goldfinger, right? And you're How okay with you the not- Sean Connery. Right, you're okay with Sean Connery as John's the man, second best Bond, second best Bond, (laughs) second best Bond. Pierce Brosnan is number one. Pierce Brosnan is number one. We talked about that already off camera. (laughs) I love Pierce Brosnan, had a little misunderstanding about that. (laughs) I I loved it when he came onto the United States scene in a TV show, yeah, Remington Steel. Remington Steel, and it also that that show itself launched my love for the Volkswagen Rabbit. Oh no! Because <laughs> the chick in it, Stephanie, whatever her name was, she drove one. I'm just saying. I just want to be cool like her, so he would like me. I was young. <laughs> you do. Okay. Understandable. But yeah. <laughs> Goldfinger classic. If you haven't watched it, go to the Dagon store, buy a copy of it, and and or like look it up stream it whatever have it you should like i think people should already have this in their in their um movie yes they really really cabinet. should you should because there's so you many should. cool people and if you've never been to fort knox kentucky um it's a cool place there's a huge there really is gold bars there's really money at fort knox like they say there is there truly is <laughs> right it's just quite is. well guarded yes <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, it is quite well guarded. And the character, the list, you know, like the female Bond girls, just the names. I don't, I don't want to, am I allowed to say her name? I know. Of course. Well, yeah. Pussy Galore, go for it. Yes. Oh, it's well, the know. name. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I just <laughs> listen. I mean, the shirtless stuff that I'm coming off with, I don't want to seem like I'm that kind of person, but it sounds like I'm that kind of Your person. Your show is literally called Buried Pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> but we talk about more than sexuality is pleasure. I like to I like to discover what people's real true pleasures are. Your guys' pleasure is doing movie reviews, and it's pretty cool. And it's making yeah. you happy through your day. So, shoot. Yeah. Pleasure. Check it out. Right. Anyway, check out Goldfinger. I love that movie. Yeah, look, th this often ranks. It's not my favorite Bond, but it's up there. Um, it's not mm. even my favorite Connery Bond, but ooh, no, but it's up there. Um, top three easily. It's one of the greatest Bond songs for a lot of people. The greatest James Bond. One of our favorites, too. It's it really is quite a magnificent achievement for the spy genre, you know, where they went a bit Hitchcock with, which I loved with uh, from Russia with love. Um, they built on the mythology created in Dr. No with Spectre. You know, you find out the Goldfinger is a member of Spectre, which is so cool. It's the proper first Bond movie where you get a proper henchman in odd job and his spinning slicey hat. It's the first time you see the Aston Martin and all the gadgets being used in all their glory. It's just, it's like, if you wanted to show someone, like, if you wanted to put Daniel Bond Craig in a headlock and say, <laughs> look, this is what Bond should be like, you computer-generated orangutan, that's what you should do. I would have picked Spider Monkey other than Orangutan because he's little. He's a, he's a small man. Orangutan. He's so short, he but he's he's stocky as all hell. Down right. think right. he's stocky? Yeah, he yeah, doesn't yeah. look he's a big dude. He looks like I could I, pick him up and. He's short. I wish he was. <laughs> Maybe if we can make that happen on the next movie, Mount Rushmore. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Morgan of Daniel Craig. <laughs> Listen. Uh, so okay. that brings us over to our number two, yeah? Yeah. yeah. This is all you, bro. Oh, I mean, did you get a chance to watch it, AJ? I'm watching it. I just didn't finish it. I haven't finished it, but it's weird, I, I've got it? to the crux. I've got to the crux of what's happening. I'm not, I don't dis, I don't dislike it like you thought I would actually. Interesting. I, I okay, cool. I'm I just glad. have a question before you before you start. What kind of psychopath watches half a movie all the time and has all these movies? Oh, AJ's terrible. Head? Like, what is going on? Here? What is like, going on? What so is here's happening? The thing. I watch problem. half a movie and get bored. No, no, no. I wish it was that. I, I. So between the two of us, there's one who has seen a lot of films, and there's one who had a lot of film knowledge. Gotcha. So with that, I'm aware, I could talk films because I was aware of what the films were. And then it comes to a point of trying to cram them in time for a for a topic. So we'll do it. And I, as much as I wanted to finish Insider, we were kind of torn on what should really be our number one. So, and then mm -hmm. I go was really touching to me. And that was like my number two, but had very much potential to be number one. Killing of a deer. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Sorry. Cheers <laughs> for that, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was a film that I was like, I'm very intrigued to see what it was. So we were like both seeing what our number twos and number ones were just to see if it changed the balance. So I have, work doesn't permit me to always finish it. And sometimes I just can't focus on like a really long film. So today where I had the day off, I was trying to hammer this film, but then I had a family phone call that went just a tad too long. So where I really wanted to have finished it, I've just got half an hour left. So this is why you'll always have me on a, it's halfway through on my list because I want to finish nice. them for a pod, but just it's adorable. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so having given that away, my R2, which was my my top pick, a movie that absolutely blew me away, The Killing of a Sacred Deer with uh, Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman and genuinely someone I think is the hottest actor on the planet at the moment. I don't mean in terms of hot i mean in terms of just raw talent barry keoghan man yeah this guy is an absolute monster and he's so young it's ridiculous how yes he he played jordan immortals Immortals. exactly okay yeah i'll Um, agree with that i'll agree he was in top boy recently he was in the banshees of any sharon where he played the kid who is a bit simple um and this is where he got his bid break Viewer, be warned, this is a Yargos Lanthimos movie, which Yargos Lanthimos did things like The Favourite. Yargos Lanthimos did things like The Lobster. Yargos Lanthimos is doing the upcoming uh, Poor Things. He is a director noted for being very weird with his creative vision. This is not a a cookie cutter, this is for everyone type movie. Uh -uh. You're either going to love it through gritted teeth or you're going to hate it. You must not, much the same way, this is Pollyanna, this is just a personal thing. I believe Tarantino's last movie, for instance, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, should not be viewed as a movie. I think you should consume it like a fairy tale, which is literally what it is, Once Upon a Time, right? He's reinventing history, he's putting a fairy tale spin on it. Um, this needs to be viewed like a Greek mythology. There's, there's no other way of describing it. And in fact, the film is kind of based on a Greek mythology. The story of Agamemnon and his daughter, Iphigenia, who they were told he has to sacrifice her because he stole a sacred deer from Artemis. That Greek myth, Greek myth is in fact referenced in this movie. And... The the movie opens where you're at a place where you've got this family. They all seem very clean cut, almost Stepford wife like. They're speaking. speaking Sorry? (laughs) Very good. Very, very good. Um, But, you know, they they speak with this weird dialogue, dialogue and react to things in a weird way. And it's done purposefully it's to elevate the movie from being like a regular drama to for me at least being a psychological horror the, that all the dialogue choices they're like really narratively driven it's such a wonderful exercise in using dialogue as a form of telling your narrative without exposition because the movie doesn't answer questions it asks many but it doesn't answer any so after all that blah, 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 what's it actually about Family, husband, wife, two kids. The husband seems to be this very proficient doctor. And through very clever, you know, uncomfortable and unsettling dialogue, you find out that he has a drinking problem. And 
he may have been drinking while doing a heart surgery on someone. And that someone happens to have a son. That son is Barry Keoghan. Barry Keoghan blames Colin Farrell for losing his dad. And Barry Keoghan, the movie doesn't explain what it is. Interpret it as you want. It's a curse, a prophecy, a destiny, karma. Pick your poison. They're all correct. But Barry Keoghan declares to Colin Farrell, this is what's going to happen. Step one, your kids are going to be paralyzed. Step two, they're going to start getting so skinny because they won't have any hunger. They'll lose all appetite. You won't even be able to force feed them. Step three, they're going to bleed from their eyes and then they're going to drop dead. You can stop this because it will also happen to your wife and to you. You can stop this. Pick one to kill. Sacrifice one of them. And the movie plays out. And you're watching this going, what in the blue flub am I watching? And it's enthralling. It's unique. It's unsettling. It's uncomfortable. It does delve into the realm of horror, but not like jump scare horror. Like, no, you know, it, it, it's a weird. I wouldn't even say horror. It's, I think, as you said, psychological horror. Yeah. It, it, it was, it's it was unsettling. It's 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 a very interesting film. It's I so interesting. Director the favorite. It throws me. Yeah, yeah. It's a Yargos film. He's mental. I love Yargos. I think he's one of the most unique voices in Hollywood today. But yeah, this this is one of those movies like we need to talk about Kevin. That's going to stay with me. It really left an impression on me. This one, and it's like, okay. That's a movie. Do you know, it, it's that speech that you talk about in the beginning that is a bit of a throw to the film because it they the, even the, the relationship between Farrell and Keoghan, it it's there and it, it it's it's weird because it's very matter of fact but very open at the same time and you're like it's something to adapt to in the film and that's the one thing that I think you can either adapt to or it's a bit of a throwaway. But once you can get past it and you get to the crux of, you, to me, and I, I don't want to get into anything too deep, I could sense the guilt because it's like, well, this has to be why he keeps talking to this kid. There's something behind it. He's got a level of guilt. But it's when that, that curse comes in and it's a case of do this or, you know, it will continue to everyone but you kind of thing. And I was like, ooh. Oh, where are we going? And that's yeah. when the film gets interesting. It, it really, if you can get past that barrier of something, it will get, like, if you can stick with the journey, you're in for a ride because it's, it, it gets deep. You, it gets deep and you must consume it like a myth. You cannot, if you consume this piece of media, like a literal, I need all the questions answered, atypical Hollywood movie. It's going to leave you with your head spinning and going uh, and probably saying, I don't like it because you'll have questions that it purposefully does not answer. It's like an elevated critique piece of art. It's saying to you, use your brain, interpret me how you want, fill in the blanks. It's really quite the amazing achievement. Nice. Yes. I shall be finishing it tonight. Um. Pollyanna, over to you. Your your number two. My number two is a is a, this is an oldie but a goodie. It's called Stripes, and it stars Bill Murray, John Candy, Harold Ramis, Sean Young, wow. Judge Reinhold. It's an Ivan Reitman film from the early eighties. 
This is one of those ones when I was a child, I would sneak in when they're watching rated R movies behind my parent, you know, like this is the time of the VHS Betamax tapes, you know, <laughs> we yeah. sneak in behind the furniture and, and watch. And the reason why we couldn't see it is because there was female nudity, which I never got that part, but uh, whatever. <laughs> um, they just didn't want us to see, you know, nakedness. It's bad. Anyway, Bye. this movie is hilarious. If you've never seen it, watch it. Um, it's definitely most most definitely dated in the fact that it's it uses a lot of like locker room humor, right? That's that's right. the gist of Love the movie. It. Right. This that is what this movie is about. Um, it's basically Harold Ramis and Bill Murray as roommates and they can't figure out how to make any money. They keep losing jobs, whatever. And they go into the military. It's hilarious. Watch it, find it wherever you can stream it. It's great. It's just one of those, you can just pop it in and you'll watch the whole thing. AJ, I swear you will. It is actually on my list. Like, when I read it, the synopsis seemed really cool. So it is, is it's, it's really a fun, you know, and it's good, like Cold War time, obviously, you know, like the whole Russia versus the United States, which is, you know, relevant, I guess yes. you could say today. Um, not yeah. as funny, but definitely it's well, I, I have to equate things with what my my daughter, my youngest daughter is 18. And she always says, like, Mom, you guys used to say such racist things. You used to do that, you know. It's big here in the United States. <laughs> you oh, it's know? huge here. Don't get it twisted. It's, it's huge. Here. Okay. Yeah. So, but I'm like, no, you have to understand the different times. We we don't do these things anymore, but they, I mean, like the humor is not lost. It's still there. But remember, these are, these. this is 1980. This is not 2023. There might be some things that might be deemed offensive. So, you know, viewer beware. Good. It's, it's, yeah, that was really funny you say that. And just, just to give an example yeah. of how it works over here, I have no idea what these three schoolgirls were talking about when I was on the train to work the other day. But I over, I couldn't help but overhear something when they said, well, it's not offensive, but it is a slur. And it was something people used to use. So I don't, and I was like, I wish I knew what this word was, who was the target, or like, but like people used to use it like 10 years ago and I felt so old. But in the same breath, I was like, it's it's weird because some of the stuff, do you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to call it here and it is what it is. Ace Ventura is one of the, like, it's a silver screen dude's classic. Yeah. Do you know in a common, in, in this time, it's seen as a transphobic movie? Sure, and like, sure. And it's like, it's just the way. Sean Young are. too. Sean Young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So it's all it's of these things that you it. It's not that you're transphobic. It's not that you're racist. It's not that you're homophobic. You just, it's just the way we would deliver comedy back then. You know, um, Friends is another it's one. I just language evolution with all of these things. The world needs to stop bloody nitpicking and having their flavor of the month for offense. For example, yeah. I found out the other day that the sentence no can do is racist. It's not intended racistly because oh. I don't think there's anyone on the... Yeah, AJ, no can do was a slur used by the British when they went to China to take the mickey out of the Chinese Chinese uh, citizens' broken English. Put no can do with a Chinese accent. No can do. 
Ah, probably shouldn't see it now. I get where you're going. Yeah. Did you know oh. that long time no see is racist? Americans used it on the Native Americans. Long time no see. It was a slur. Do you know that the term tipping point is racist? Tipping point was what estate agents used to use in any white's neighborhood, which would denounce how many non-white people it would take to move into a neighborhood in order to get the white people to move out. You can put your hand in your head. The point I'm trying to make is that no one uses the word tipping point negatively. No one uses the word no can do to bastardize the Chinese. No one says long time no see as some sort of degrading means, uh, some sort of degrading use towards Native Americans. We just think we do. We don't spend our whole time going, I wonder who the hell I could defend today. There are some people out there who are like that, but they represent such a small freaking minority that I wish people... Oh my God, you said something that's offensive. Fine. What was my meaning behind it? We literally have coined a term on this show called FPD. I guarantee you some obese person out there is going to have heard that and think we're offensive as flub. It's just but cherry. It's coming from two, two FPD. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. We, you've always said it perfectly. Racism, any type of ism, it's all about intent and it's about the tone you use. If I, you know, if I go, you know... I, I'm a father of a little girl and I'm most likely about to have another, right? But I'll listen to a sexist joke for days, for days, and then I'll laugh. And I'll think, is the person saying this joke really a sexist or are they just talking about something that's taboo and having a bit of laugh and adding a bit of levity to the world? If it's the latter, trust me, I'm laughing. We've FPD, FPD. That's going to become now part of our lexicon. This is now part of our grammar. This is going to be on a freaking t shirt. I guarantee you, <laughs> someone's going to be offended by it. This is it, what I mean. Well, we turn that. into a bunch of cherry picking sensitive sallies, and we just need to breathe, chill, just realize we're trying to have a laugh. There's a war going on in Ukraine. People are dying. There is a war in the Middle East that's about to kick off again. There's real freaking problems happening. I'm not about to get offended because someone's used a slur. Rant over. Yeah. No, I'm just going to add one final touch. I couldn't believe it when people were offended by friends. There was a lack of diversity. Yeah. Oh, kill me. Yeah. Just kill me. Just, just kill me. It's like, Listen, to the, quote the... Brooks, anything I've just uh -huh. said, tell me when I'm telling lies. Tell me when I'm telling lies. It's exciting that that to hear this side. Uh, it's it. You know, it's. I don't know how it is there. Different country here. Cancellation for every comment that you make. It also, in my line of work where I'm talking about pleasure and healthcare, it's sure. really you know it's it's a very difficult spot. But to keep moving, <laughs> I get you guys on yeah. tangents, don't I? Okay, so is it is it down to so that was stripes, which we will that's be checking right. out because that's the kind of humor. Yeah, that right. sounds fantastic. Ghostbusters yeah, with dick fun. jokes, absolutely, I'm in. Absolutely, anything that was either like SCTV, like have, do you know what SCTV is? No, it's old. You have to look no. that up. So there was like a Canadian version of Saturday Night Live, and it was Second City TV. It would come on, okay. and it had people like. Um, like John Candy, and I'm trying to think of all these. Um, Catherine, uh, well, no, the lady, the redhead in Beetlejuice, the mom. 
Is her oh, name Catherine? Like you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know that lady. Oh, she was also um, one of those. I'd have to look it up. But um, those were kind of those are the things that I watched as a kid growing up. And that's how I learned that if you're funny, people like you more, especially if you have an accent and you're like a dirty farm kid that's poor. <laughs> Having a good sense of humor helps um a hundred percent with that and it had like um doug and bob mckenzie who were um oh my gosh so john candy eugene levy uh joe flatter flaherty catherine o'hara dave thomas andrea martin martin short these were all cast members from that so that was all in the same time and so just it's just funny it's funny yeah yeah that's that's about good humor yeah, yeah. Seriously, you want to be offended? Watch a Ricky Gervais stand up and be offended and laugh at the same time. The guy's funny, and he's talking about tabby. Just relax, everyone. It's just yeah, jokes. Just jokes. That's the one. That's the one. Okay. So, who's taking number one? I think you love it more than I do. I love it, but I think you love it more. So, it's yours, mate. Sure. Thank you very much. Okay. So, in at number one, Pollyanna is the one that we punted with like huge passion. Dustin Hoffman, Tom Cruise, Rain Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this film, it, it you, you talked about how Stripes was a VHS that you would sneak mm-hmm. and watch. It's not that I had to sneak and watch it, but Rain Man was a VHS that was just on my parents' shelf for the longest while. It was just there. It, you know, there's just some stuff you look at and you never think, you just see two guys walking. Like, you see the poster, you just saw two guys walking. You're like, what's this about? But it got to a point that my sister and I said, let's just shove that tape in and let's see what it's about. And I, I will say it was my opening to autism. I had no idea about autism before mm. this. And it was so, at first you're thinking, what's up with this guy? Then you start to actually understand what is really going on. And it's the transformation of... Tom Cruise from someone who just was the self-entitled kid who believes he should get his parents' inheritance and and who is this Raymond? Who's Raymond who's got this money? And the the the, the formation of a relationship that is built from it, the journey of it, the, you know, you could show, again, we, we talked about how certain humours aren't allowed and was there. Rain Man could have been very, very distasteful. It could have been in that era. And, you know, it could have been a comedy that could have gone beyond. But the the, the drama, the, the revelation, the, the understanding that came from this film for me, I think yeah. is just second to that. It, it, it's one of those films that because of the lasting impression, as I said, had it not been for the lasting impression as, from a young person that I was back then to now, that this film still sticks with me, maybe something like And Then I Go would have been my number one. But Rain Man is one of those films that just really sticks into If anyone asks me, what is one of your favorite films or something like that? This is one of them that's going to be in there. It has a lot that I redeeming factors to it. It, it, it. As much as it's there, there are moments in the film that you sit back and laugh. You're like, what is going on? But, you know, it, it's just a testament to how well Dustin Hoffman portrayed Rain Man. And, yeah, oh, it was great. Just the last in memory of the film. The thing I'll add to it, AJ, is that as good as Dustin Hoffman was, and obviously he's the standout in this, but obviously that the, the, the role makes him the standout. You know, you're naturally going to have to, you're, you're treading a fine line of having to play someone who suffers from an illness like autism, or disorder and illness, I don't know what the correct term is now. I'm not trying to offend, you get my point. Um, 
you're, you're, you're portraying someone like Raymond in this and you're having to do it tastefully so that it's convincing and ironically yeah. non-offensive. Um, Tom Cruise acting opposite him, man. Wow! Like, yeah. seriously, I know Tom Cruise is known for his action roles. Boy, he can do drama well. Like, yeah. when Tom Cruise turns on the drama doll, he is quite brilliant. It's Even the, the girl who played two... the girlfriend. Um... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Valeria Galina. Yeah. See, like, they were, it's, yeah. It's the first two thirds of this movie that I absolutely love. The, yeah. I, the ending leaves me feeling a bit unsatisfied. Like, I know why they did it, but it always made me go, uh. This is my melodramatic side. I would have been like, it's not the ending I would have given them. I think it's a fitting ending. Personally. Yeah. Yeah, but it's because you know what's best for the person. You, like, as much as I can be there for you, I feel like, friends, I'll be there for you. Like, as much as I'm there and I can do so much, you're in a place that has the care for you. Now, he could have just... The, the real wrong ending would have been just swindle him, take the money and flub off. That's not where he went. It was like, I'll be back. I'm here. Like, go away. Within three Thursdays or three Sundays, whatever it is, I will come back and see you. There is a, a lost bond. Something that was not there was built. And that's the thing. Like, it, I think they should have stuck together, given that he realized who Rain Man Raymond was. I was like, yeah, okay. Reconnected with your brother. Now chill together. It, 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 I, I get it. I get it. There, there is no right answer. I mean, you know, it, it takes a lot of care. And if you feel that the right specialists are there to look after him, you can be there every day if needs be. Obviously, he's got a life on the other side of town, in another state as far as I remember. But, yep. like, it's, changes can be made, but he's in the right place. And that's what I felt. It's like, you could, to me... It, and I'm not saying you're wrong in saying this, it could have been selfish to say, I'm going to be there for him because you're not giving him the chance to develop as much as he will with the right care, the, you know, the mental health care team that is there. It requires a lot of... The ideal world was, okay, hire a carer to be there with him, live together. That would be the ideal world. Yeah. But aside from that, this was a life that this guy knew. So put him back into his comfort zone. You know, he's been through a lot of change in that journey of this film. Let him be there, but still be a part of his life. It's the best of both worlds, personally. I like it. Thank you. I like it. Very good. <laughs> very nice. No, he's, that was a very, like, it's fantastic. And, you know, all people who have not, if you haven't seen this movie, I suggest you definitely try it out. You might not like it. You might not love it. But I, find, I, I think it is a, a, a perfect reason why tom cruise is award-winning actor and dustin hoffman as well yes i'm not the biggest yes. hugest fan of tom cruise just throwing that out there but i i mean like i don't i don't dislike him either there's just some of his films aren't my favorites i mean like i can only see you get blown up so many times tom cruise before i like uh. you even less okay but as far as action-packed movies go he does a good one mission impossibles those aren't bad movies but this That's one is one that it's this one's pretty fantastic it was yeah. on my list for sure not my it number, was your number one six. yeah well we know what your number one is it was the pun from earlier demolition man right no 
Oh. Oh. What was you your number us. one? Demolition? For Demolition Man? No. no oh. uh, Demolition Man was our number was your four. Number, you, yeah. pun you punted us. I did. I, it's not on my list. <laughs> AJ, oh, Demolition Man. <laughs> yeah so very very quickly demolition man i i it's weird because was it not meant to be like los angeles or something like that so it threw yeah. me off to find out kentucky but if i have a chance to talk demolition man i'm a talk demolition man and coincidentally we were <laughs> celebrating 30 years just last week and it got goat status from the silver screen dudes we are talking yeah. Literally everything we talked about, about how the world has changed back when we were growing up to what it is now, this is it. You have got the two biggest alpha males, the biggest villain, and the macho cop, the only one who can stop him. So what do you do? When you cryogenically freeze the villain, you have to freeze the good guy too, because that's the only man who could stop him. And thank God they froze him, because what would the world have done if it was only Simon Phoenix out in the world that they frosted him in, they would have been in a lot of trouble. So, yes, That's John Spartan that. was the man to save the day. Oh, absolutely. Love that. Good. You know, my very favorite parts of that movie is when he talks about the, sh the shells in the bathroom. <laughs> he can't figure <laughs> out how to use the toilet, whatever the bidet issue. I don't know. That's one of my favorite parts of that movie. Anyway. What I love is how he creates toilet paper by just cursing away and like, I'll be yeah. back. <laughs> so I great. love that part. I love yeah. that. Great. And I'm sorry if I messed up the punting order. Thing. It happens. It but happens. But anyway. it, it, you'd be surprised how many times we've done it. We're like, oh, that's not on the list. Or oh, I forgot that film. We, we, Yeah, trust me. Because yeah. what people don't understand when creating a top 10 list, is there is a lot of stuff to consume and something is on your list and then you change it for something else and you're like oh that's a pun oh no it was my number six now it's my number eight it happens all the time so there is no and need it's to never just 10 movies we have to watch no. at least 10 to 15 in order to make all of our lists because we're going to watch yes. five and then be like well you're not making the list because you suck exactly that's right exactly. well i'm going to need you all to watch my number one movie which is coal miner's daughter i heard about this I'm telling you, listen, of anything, of any movie that we've talked about. So this one is my in my heart more than any of them, because number one, I met Loretta Lynn as a child. So I am from Kentucky, but for three years between my age of seven and 10, my family moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. My dad became a security guard at the Riviera and one Thanksgiving, um, Loretta Lynn was there and she was doing a, a holiday show at the Riviera. And she met my dad as the security guy. And she said, well, honey, since you all are from the same, they were from neighboring uh, counties. Mm. So they knew similar people. They got to talk and bring your family in. They can watch me do my practice, you know. So she allowed me to come up on stage and sing with her when I was a little girl. Oh, and wow. her voice, the sound of her voice talking is identical to that of my grandmother, like my memory of my grandmother. So I can listen to that all day long. And she actually, for the first time ever of me knowing my grandmother going to the actual movie theater, she, we went to see this when I was a child. And so I was seven years old when this movie came out. Let me just throw that out there. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was a long time ago. 
but it was one of those times like I'm a big, I love music. I love singers. I don't necessarily lean towards the country side of music because I, you know, I am from Kentucky and I grew up on the Kentucky music highway, mm. <laughs> but it's not one of those, like, it's not my, my, my lady jam all the time, but coal miners daughter, it just is the story of how Loretta Lynn got to where she is. And if you're a biopic guy, that's you, AJ. Like, AJ. like you, AJ. <laughs> it might be something like it's it's really interesting because you have other characters that filter in, you know, stars of the day. And so you got a little Hank Williams in there. You've got a little, you know, Patsy Cline. I think oh. um, who plays Patsy Cline in this movie is Beverly D'Angelo. And she actually does the singing like she's singing as Patsy Cline. And she does a phenomenal job. You can look that up on YouTube. I did the other day because I remembered it so much. She had a glittery gold dress on. I loved it. It's those childhood memories that make this, you know, because Loretta Lynn grew up as this poor, uh, lived up a holler. Her daddy was a coal miner. That's why it's coal miner's daughter. <laughs> Shocking. I know. But that's one of those, that's one of those movies that will always forever remind me of a time and place. And my mammal. That's or grandma. Really great. I, love yeah, I don't know. Do you would you call them granny? My she was my granny birdie. Her name was Roberta. Granny, grandma, grandmother. Yeah. Granny Berta yeah. or Mamma. She's my she was my mammal. And she's my mammal. <laughs> but she this movie was one of those that I I'm pretty sure maybe Sissy Spacek won some awards for this I one. Tommy Lee Spacek. Jones, I mean, playing her husband was fantastic as well. Mm. But that was, I mean, like she got married at the age of 13. My grandmother got married at the age of 12. These are things that had like I'm not so far removed from this situation that that didn't, you know, like it's really yeah, insane. Sure. Right? No, it's lovely. So, it's a really nice story. Cinderella story. It's great. And she's no, very cool. she's amazing. Anyway. That's so, very, very cool. That is that is really cool. That is uh, I love it. That was such a touching story. I was yeah. Really, thank you for sharing that with us. That, yeah, that you're was, welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having this awesome background or uh, this your your pictures match like we look good together, all of us. I like it. Cool. We didn't even plan it or anything. No, no. <laughs> In a weird um, world. Our Rushmore's yeah. kind of made already for by cool. means of punishment. I will let you just remind me on that. But just a quick question based on like, it's kind of a thing that I was just asked because again, I didn't realize how much films were filmed in Kentucky and stuff like that. Um, I know there's a lot from like the race courses on that. But when you've seen these films, do you like have this vision of like recognizing the areas where they were filming it and stuff Especially like that? in Elizabethtown, yes. Because I went to college at the University of Kentucky and have friends from that area. So driving down through there, you can absolutely see. The landmarks that you recognize. That's yeah, like. absolutely. Or the street names or whatever. But um, yeah, it's really, it's interesting. It's interesting. Cool. Love that. Awesome. Yeah. AJ, have a look at the private chat, mate. The Rushmore's in there. It's basically the four movies that we've punted. Cool. That's that's all good. So, <laughs> normally, normally what normally what happens, Pollyanna, when we don't punt, we then have more of a debate. But sometimes when it's like, well, we've all, you know, but when you've got commonality, that is what goes that, on. That just shows that it's meant to be in it. So yeah, we're just gonna that's go right. for it. So it's made. Not much of a debate. <laughs> <laughs> but here's here's the Rushmore. <clears throat> 
Ladies and gentlemen, the official movie Mount Rushmore of movies filmed in Kentucky in no particular order is Seabiscuit. Our second entry is Goldfinger. Our third entry is Asphalt Jungle. Our final entry into the movie Mount Rushmore of movies filmed in Kentucky is Rain Man. I really like that list because I think it's films that people will recognize. I yeah. will be honest though, and I, I'm, it's just not just the way it is. After hearing your coal miner's daughter's story, I really wanted to put that on the list. Like I was, had it not been for the fact that we had the four films in there, I would have actually gone for that. But the rules of punting have determined what it is, and I think those are recognizable films. So it's going to be a nice battle of of um, of Kentucky movies there, which is kind, of, which is all that. kind of cool. Sea biscuits about to get killed. Just oh no, putting that out there. Um, <laughs> Pollyanna, I'll let you know when the when the poll goes out on on Twitter, um, and I guess you can retweet it and stuff. The sure. uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when the episode's airing and stuff once we're okay. done. But uh, AJ, wrap it up for us. Okay, guys. Once again, you know what to do. We have just compiled the four must-see movies. Now it's over to you to head on over to Twitter. Well, it's not that now. It's called X. Head on over to X, and you head on over to the official movie mount rushmore the official silver screen dudes x page known as at mt rushmore but more importantly you have to go to the man we're retweeting good old jt from we love movies at movie polls for you that's the way there is nowhere cheating there is only one vote and that's once again you will be able to vote for the four contenders sea biscuit goldfinger asphalt jungle and rain man and you can crown el capitan el numero uno the best of the best of the best sir with honors and of course to quote highlander in the end there can be only one and your vote will help crown the one yeah. You want to do the other bit? Uh, just before we go, uh, Pollyanna, do you want to plug any any of your shows, any of your socials? Now's the time to do it. I would love to. Please jump on board with Buried Pleasures, and you can find me at buriedpleasures.com, Buried Pleasures on Facebook, Instagram, X, Twitter, whatever, TikTok. My TikTok's poor, but it's there. Um, yeah, <laughs> please check me out. And, you know, we're just talking about pleasure. I like pleasure. bollocks. That brings us to the end of uh, <laughs> that. That was multifaceted. That one too. Uh, that brings us to the end of uh, yeah <laughs> of another uh, movie. Mount Rushmore top ten show. Thank you so much to Pollyanna from Buried Pleasures for joining us. Thank you as always to all of you, our listeners, our viewers, for sticking with us for what has been a bit of a longer than usual episode, but it's been fun. And we will see you guys next week right here on the Silver Screen Dudes. We out. See ya. See ya.